Hey, listen, thanks for being back with us today. We're glad you're here, whether you're listening on podcast or you're watching on Facebook Live. We're grateful. We pray we're a blessing to you as well. We're going to be dealing with uh, three skills that uh, Jesus gave his disciples uh, to go and change the world. We're going to be dealing with those today. Uh, those three skills are that we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, our conversations are about Jesus, not just about church activities. And that uh, we, uh, we create a, trans a transformation culture and a community so that it goes and changes the world. We're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 5, verse 19 through 20. 1 John 5, 19 through 20. <clears throat> Let me read it to you. We know that we are of God and the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. We'll be handling that verse quite a bit today. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know the true one. Uh, we are in the true one, that is, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that you help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. I pray that you help me with any word of knowledge that you give to me. Uh, that I uh, that you give to my heart and my mind today, that if you give it to me, I want to be obedient to speak to it. Uh, and then, Lord, also, uh, you look at all of us today, but you see me differently because I'm a teacher, I'm your preacher, and uh, upon me is a greater judgment than anybody listening or watching, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. It's in the name of Jesus I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. We are making disciples, maturing believers, Multiplying ministries is our format and our goal of doing these three processes. And Jesus taught his disciples three skills. And I want to thank my friend Dan Greider. Dan and I have been friends for, uh, we really met back uh, in the middle 80s. Uh, we've been dear friends. We've served together. Uh, we've pastored in the same areas and uh, just always looked up to Dan, loved Dan. Uh, and uh, I'm thankful that Dan has spoken um, a discipleship culture into the life of our church. And I just want to tell you, he is, uh, his thinking and his leadership in my life has spurred what we're handling today. And the three skills were rely on the power of the Spirit, have uh, Jesus conversations, just not about church menus and church activities, and uh, work to create a transformed community so that you can go change the world. First one we're dealing with today is we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the earth. When you and I witness, it's not just on our own power. It's not, it's not me willing it. It's not me making it happen. We're gonna talk in a moment about divine appointments that come from God. And when we become his witnesses throughout the world, no matter where they are, we're able to be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to be that witness at that moment, at that place, at that time. Uh, it is the power of the Holy Spirit that is produced within you, empowered within you, to be able to be that kind of a witness to him. I want to remind you of 1 Corinthians 4.20. It says the kingdom of God, which is a topic we look at when we talk about discipleship, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. And if you're going to live the Christian life, folks, you're going to be dealing and walking in some supernatural power. Well, that's part of the Christian life. I'm not talking about wacky 
supernatural power. I'm talking about kingdom of God's supernatural power. We are empowered to be that as his witness. I, I want you to look at John 14, 16 through 17, meaning we're under the topic, we rely on the power of the spirit uh, to live out this life. Jesus is, is saying, he said, I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you, how long? It says forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because he doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. There is this promise that comes from Jesus himself when we witness on behalf of who Jesus is that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. Another role of the Holy Spirit is John 20, 21 through 22. Uh, Jesus said to them again, peace to you as, and this is after the resurrection, says, peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And remember, discipleship culture is about sending. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Why? Because to be that witness, we have got to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to live the Christian life, We've got to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian mom and dad, you have to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian and you get you surrender to a young age, it's not about how much head knowledge you have, but yet you need to study. It is about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be able to lead you. If you're going to change the world, you have got to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so we not only rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, we respond <clears throat> to the work of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 16, in Acts 16, it is one of my favorites because Paul, Timothy, and Luke are coming together and they are headed one direction with the gospel. The Holy Spirit stops them twice. There is a, uh, a vision from Macedonia of a man from Macedonia given to Paul. And Paul and Timothy and Luke that says they respond to what the Holy Spirit revealed to them and they respond immediately. And we that one move right there, we can be thankful that the gospel came to the Americas off that one move. Now it took some it took some more dots to be connected, but it came to the Americas on that one move uh, with Paul, Timothy, and Luke doing what they did. They responded. They're relying on the Holy Spirit and they responded to the Holy Spirit. Evan Roberts, uh, who was one of the key leaders in the Welch Revival, 1904-1905. I've taught extensively on Evan Roberts and the Welch Revival. And uh, when he went about teaching, they saw 100,000 people come to Christ within six months. And uh, the, the revival swept the whole country. Soccer teams quit playing on Sunday. They had to find another day to play. I'm talking about professional soccer teams because nobody attended their games. They went to church. Can you imagine that in America today? Can you absolutely imagine that? Jails were emptied for years because there was no crime. Brothels went bankrupt. Gambling institutions went bankrupt. Bars went bankrupt because of the revival. Why? Because they had turned their eyes on the Lord and then they were in the fellowship of the church. And they were there. People who were spending, men who were spending their money on women and drink and gambling, 
now we're giving that money to the church and their children. Children had shoes and new clothes for some of the first times of their life. Uh, it's amazing what the revival did. The national paper in Wales uh, was keeping up with how many people came to Christ in the newspaper. Phenomenal revival. But one of the things Evan Roberts taught in that revival is you have to respond to the Holy Spirit immediately. If we are going to help change the world, if we're going to do that, and I pray that you have that mindset. I don't want you to be afraid of it, scared of it, or running from it. we got to go to it. He's sending us there, and we have got to not only rely on the Holy Spirit, we have to respond to the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit will give you divine appointments. He takes his steps. He connects his dots. He's asking you to connect yours. You've got to take the steps that he puts there. We rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, not our intellect, not our relationship skills. We rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. The second skill he gave uh, to his disciples is uh, we converse about Jesus, not about necessarily the church or the church activities. These are Christ-centered conversations. I want to take you to a time where Peter and John are at the gate called Beautiful, and there is a man there that is begging and asking for money. And uh, I love this. You, you just have to go back and read it. Uh, I believe it's in Acts 3 is where it occurs. And, uh, and, re and, and uh, Peter says to the man at the gate, look at us. He says, look at us. Uh, look in our eyes. Because they're, they, they just had the Holy Spirit breathed on them by the Lord sometime earlier. And he says, look at us. And so he looks at him and he says, silver and gold I don't have. I don't have money. But one thing I do have is I have Jesus and I have the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And there becomes a beautiful testimony from that. His action and his conversation is about the person of Jesus. Can, can we get there? And if not get there, can we get back to there? Or we're not talking about church menus and church activities and what churches offer. Can we talk about the living person of Jesus Christ himself and what he came to do on this earth. Our focus is going to be there. I said this the other day, said it in another sermon. Nowhere in scripture will you say, fix your eyes on the church. And I'm not saying that, that you're not in the fellowship of the church because it's his bride, but you fix your eyes on Christ. That's exactly where you fix your eyes. We, we know Jesus. We walk in his power. We are guided by his Holy Spirit which he promised to us, and we are empowered by the power that raised him from the dead. We become passionate about who Jesus is and what he has done in our life. I want you to look at John chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. Life was in him, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in darkness, yet the darkness does not overcome it. There are some things I want you to pick out in here. Life is in him, all of it. Life is in him. Sometimes we want to change a person by just giving them sound bites and ideas. As a pastor and a preacher of the gospel, somebody who counsels and tries to be a spiritual coach, whatever you want to call it, I, I, want, I want to turn the conversation over to Jesus. He's, he's raised from the dead. He is alive and he is very, very well. 
Even in this room where we are videoing today, he is there. Wherever you're watching, he is there. He promised to be with us. He's raised from the dead and he can be everywhere at one time. Absolutely a phenomenal thing to be able to think about. But life is in him. And he said, and that life was the light of men and that light shines in darkness, yet the darkness does not overcome it. How many of you all watching or listening right now think that darkness is overcoming the light? It's not. It's not, it can't, it can't. They tried to snuff out the light of the world a long time ago on the cross and everything he did on the cross, he did to save us to become that light with him. And not only that, they tried to put him in a grave. It didn't snuff it out. Uh, he came from the grave and he raised from the dead. I don't want you to see a picture in here. As we carry this witness to the world of who Jesus is, I want you to know that the, the darkness does not overcome the light. I, I actually think that's beautiful. Uh, the third thing that I want you to get to on the skills that he showed his disciples, we work to create a transformed community that can change the world. Acts 17 uh, has, uh, has the, the men of God and disciples, they're in a, in a guy's named Jason, they're in his house. And uh, they're there, and he's housing them there. And, uh, they're hearing about it. Uh, the, the townspeople are. They don't like it because the disciples are there. Um, and they come to Jason's house to look for him. They're not there. They drag Jason out to the mob. And uh, they make mention that the ones who are turning the world upside down uh, are here. They're absolutely here. They're here in this place, and they have come here too. And one of the things they even said is that they, uh, they no longer are saying that Caesar is king. They are saying that Jesus is king. I just want you to know I'm never, ever going to look for a president to bring the salvation to a group of people. I'm never going to do that because there is a king that is greater than any president, any earthly king, any earthly ruler, and that is the king that is King Jesus. He's king of the kingdom that we talk about, the kingdom of God. And so they were known as the ones who were turning the world upside down. This world is going to react negatively, uh, negatively to the kingdom of God. It's going to do that. It's, it's doing that. We're seeing it do that. Jesus told us that it was going to do this because the world, uh, the world is led by somebody else. Let's look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. We know that we are of God. And the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. Uh, I can have people mad at me, disgusted with me, disappointed with me, and all kinds of things, but they're never my enemy. Flesh and blood is never my enemy. Uh, it is 1 John 5, 19 that is my enemy. Satan has got a plan for the world to overtake the kingdom of God. And Jesus has a plan for the kingdom of God to overtake the world. They're always going to be in battle with one another. So I, I'm not mad at flesh and blood. I just look to the evil one who's behind everything that is going on. We create the third skill. Don't forget is we create a transformed community that can change the world. Romans 12 2, be transformed. No longer are you conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transform means a complete, absolute change, new creation, new person, 
a transformed community. And this transformed community sees the world differently. Just like in Acts 17 in Jason's house, uh, they're, they're, saying, uh, they're, they're saying they think and they speak that there's another king but Caesar. They think it's Jesus. I'm always going to think that there is a greater king in the person of Jesus because of what he has done. Um, so here are the three things again. The three skills he taught his disciples. We rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. We converse about Jesus, not about church activities and church menus. And we work to create a transformed community that can change the world. I want to give you a picture of what that transformed community looks like. And I, I, want, to, I want to take the pandemic and I want to use it as an example. And I want to help you if you'll let me. I, I, want, to, I want to pastor you while I preach if you will let me. Uh, but here, here is a difference in what a transformed person and a transformed community reacts even to our pandemic, beginning of March in 2020, even to now. If you're not careful, this pandemic has made you divisive, it's made you mad, it's made you angry, it's wrecked your plans, you feel like you're lacking, you're isolated, and you're forgotten, and you're dot, dot, dot. It's just changed everything. Uh, so I, uh, I went to, uh, to show how a transformational community, a transformed believer in Christ, can look at this past year, been, uh, plus a few months, uh, how we can look at that from March 2020 to now. And uh, I can't make you do it, but I'm going to try to show you. I'm going to go back to my childhood. And I'm going to go back to a song and a hymn that's entitled, Count Your Blessings. I, I'm not going to sing it, which is, uh, you need to be thankful that I'm not going to sing it to you. I could, but I'm not. But I want to go back to it. I just want to walk through the lyrics and the, the lines of the hymn for just a moment and, and listen to this. And I'm going to pause at times in here. Here it is. When upon life's billows, you are tempest-tossed. You feel like in the last year, uh, you've been tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. Could that explain the last year and few months? Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Uh, Julie and I are right there, right now in our life. Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. When you look at others with their lands and their gold, their wealth, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings money cannot buy, your reward in heaven, know your home on high. It says, so amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all. Count your many blessings. Angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God hath done. Can you look back over this year and a few months? And I know if you look at it one way, it's going to make you mad and angry. Your plans have changed. Your career's changed. 
some of you have lost loved ones. Some of you are, have prolonged sickness. Uh, you feel like you're lacking, your kids are lacking, you're isolated, you're forgotten. Uh, things got very divisive and we got in the middle of it. Um, uh, it. I just want you to stop. I want you to stop and look back from March 2020 or wherever you want to start and look back and see how faithful God has been to us. That's what a transformed community does. I don't look back and and believe a lie that God abandoned me. I look back and believe the truth that God has led me through. And you let him see, you let him show you so that you can see, look what he's done for me. That is a picture of a transformed community. The world is gonna look at the pandemic one way, but the people of God are gonna look at, a, at the pandemic in a completely different way and that is a transformed way. My God sent my Savior, His Son, to lead me and to be my good shepherd and to lead me and walk alongside me even in the valley of the shadow of death, and I know that He is there. Look back, and as a transformed person in the kingdom of God, see what God has done, and then you give Him thanks. Take a look at that. When you finish today, go off by yourself somewhere and let him show you and reveal to you what he's done and give him thanks for what he has done. Count your blessings, all right? Remember, we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Our conversations are about Jesus, not church menus and activities. And then we create a transformed community and we see things differently. Uh, I, go, I go back to our beginning verse where it says, and he has given us an understanding so that we may know the true one. And that is an understanding of what a transformed community looks. We look at it differently. He is king. He was, is, and he always will be. Amen. So thanks for being a part of here. Remember, we love you. And what do we say to each other? Grace and peace. Make sure you live in both of them. Blessings.